Summer yeah. is almost here. We're starting our super spectacular summer shows. This is a uh, fab episode because we're going to be talking about 5x4. What's that, Mike? What are we talking about? 5x4. Is that, is that any different than 4x5? No. Oh, all right. British. Wait, which country are you in? Yeah. That oh. depends. Uh, I... Uh, I, I, I love it. <laughs> you spent enough money on this mystery yeah, item. Yeah, I've been, I've been trying. You know, I've been inching towards buying a, a uh, Graflex Crown Graphic. Ooh, yeah, top of the line. Graphic. Four by five film camera, and I did. I did. I bought it from a, a you know a man who owned it probably for 20, 30 years. Roger. Oh. Oh, he gives his email address if I have any questions. There you go. Well, that's awesome, right? Yeah. Text most support. most of them don't. Yeah. This is very important. When He's you buy not a shady seller. Yeah. 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 When you buy things on eBay, it's always good to buy from someone. You know, he says this thing is in beautiful, beautiful condition. So we're going to be talking about that and actually taking it. We're going to be unboxing it live. Yeah, live. Yeah. You know, and if you know not, not if you know nothing about four x five photography, this is new to me. This is exciting. This is like when I cracked open my first roll of uh, 120. This is going to be Christmas for yeah. you, Mike. Yeah. A box of uh Ektachrome 100 VS 4x5 film. Yeah, you better watch that. I might steal it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I have uh well, uh, Matt brought some Polaroid film. What's some, the, yeah. What's yeah. that called? This is a uh, that's Polaroid uh 55? 55, yeah, it's like 55, and it fits in the 545 back, which is the older Polaroid single sheet, so you do one Polaroid at a time. And you have the back? I have the back, oh, yeah. And you have a back, too. Yes, I do. But it's uh, different. Yours is they, different. They don't make the uh, 55, right, Matt? They don't make 55, well, type Polaroid 55 film. Anything. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, I have a, uh, a pack film holder, which uh, this one, uh, there are two kinds, one for the huge 4x5, right. and this one... Which shoots the smaller uh, three and a quarter by four okay. and a quarter. Is that going to fit, Matt? I believe it will. Um, yeah, we, we don't know. Hopefully, one of them yeah. fits. Yeah. So we're going to be doing that. And by the way, oh, welcome, welcome, Matt. Hey, how's it going, Mike? Good, good. Welcome back, Dan. I'm back. Yeah, Dan. <laughs> In the new New Jersey groove. That's right. Uh, we're going to be uh, reading some letters, uh, talking uh, of uh, some darkroom tips. Did you bring a book of the month? Oh yes, I did. I don't even know if we're going to get through all this. We're going to be looking okay. at online galleries. Of uh, Matt and Dan's favorite images from the Flickr pool, and uh, probably a lot more. We'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back. You know, it's a great pleasure to have Eastman Kodak Company with us tonight, because pictures in Disneyland just naturally go together. Since Disneyland first opened in 1955, there have been more than 15 million visitors, and all you have to do is look around you to see that practically all of them are taking pictures of their many adventures here. And they enjoy their visit a great deal more because they do. You know, most everyone uses this Disneyland camera store as headquarters for Kodak film and cameras. And today, when they come in, they discover that taking pictures is easier and more fun than it ever was, thanks to Kodak's brand new automatic cameras that have just been introduced. You can see them now at your own Kodak dealers. These great new cameras that give you the right exposure time after time automatically. That's right, automatically. You can go all over Disneyland or all over the world and be sure of getting beautifully exposed pictures time after time. Now, believe it or not, this picture was taken in the shade and this one in the sun. And they're both just great. 
Now, isn't that a wonderful thing to know? That every picture you take can come out just right, and you never have to make a single setting. So this summer, save your fun the modern way with a new automatic camera by Kodak. There's one for every kind of picture taking. For snapshots, there's the new Brownie Starmatic camera. And for beautiful color movies, the new Brownie Automatic movie camera. So remember, wherever you are, whatever you do, fun's more fun with a camera by Kodak. Now don't go away because in just a few seconds we'll be back with some of the most exciting adventures you've ever seen. An undersea ride in the newest submarine, and a look at the transportation of the future, the monorail, and a trip to the Matterhorn Mountain, all right here on Kodak, presents Disneyland 59. Okay, hey, we're back. To, uh, I'm going to barrel through a few letters. Uh, barrel is, like a monkey. Yes, this is our, from our good friend Dieter. Dieter, yeah. Dieter it's been a while. Yes. 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 Do you, have you communicated with Dieter? No, I just love the name so much it just stuck in my memory. Dear Michael, as you, rec- as you will recall... Unlikely, by the way, that I will recall anything. <laughs> I might. When we did our photo walk, I, I took mug shots of uh, some of the folks and wrote their name on it just yeah. so I had, you know, just too much going on for me to retain here. But anyhow, as you will recall, I, prov- I previously wrote to you regarding my calling attention to FPP on another podcast to which I also listen, This Week in Photography, oh, also yeah, known Twip. as TWIP. Yeah. yeah, TWIP. Do you guys listen to TWIP? I did once or twice, but that was like right around I was getting to film, and it was not enough uh, film-related okay. stuff for me. My email to the show, host Frederick Van Johnson, was shared in TWIP episode 192 as a follow-up to the previous episode. <laughs> <laughs> Nasty Mike. Yeah. <laughs> you don't see it often. You don't even want to talk about my neighbors here. No? Ugh. Ugh. Stoops. Stoops. <laughs> Stoops. <laughs> uh, here's a quick letter from... Uh, well, thank you, uh, Dieter. I really appreciate Dieter. Yeah, it's great. As a matter of fact, that car that's revving, I actually smell the fumes. Yeah, you really? can. You can. You can smell the fumes a little bit. Yeah. We're sitting here in the studio, and we're recording, and there's like a joker outside. Yeah. Revving his revving engine. It. I don't know what. He's burned through at least three gallons of gas already. And the yeah. fumes are actually coming through the window. And yeah. not, the window's not open. We are on the second story, people. Yeah. This is crazy. <laughs> oh, God. Dieter, hey, thanks. I, wanna, I appreciate Dieter's really been doing a great job telling other folks about FPP. Yeah, cross-promotion. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Here's a letter about 10x8 photography. <laughs> I meant to contact you a few weeks ago after attending the Focus on Imaging show in Birmingham. Oh, yeah. Birmingham. My highlight was probably the Ilfer- Ilford stand. You call it a booth. <laughs> They had set up there a 10 by 8 camera and were getting people to shoot their self-portraits. Nice. The lighting was set and they'd focus it for you and give you the release bulb and click. Five minutes later, they presented you with a 10 by 8 print. You could see mine here, uh, flickr.com forward slash photos forward slash Jeremy, Jeremy North. North. Oh, yeah. yeah. Match, I mean, you know Jeremy North? I, we're going to be talking about Jeremy North here pretty soon. Okay, yeah. very good. Now, what is this 10 by 8 he's talking about? It's the same as 8 by 10, Mike. I, I don't know what it is. It, it's, and, it's 10 and, by 8 for – it's 8 by 10 for dyslexics. It's, it's eight, yeah, it's 8 by 10 for us and 10 by 8 for them. Five, four, 5 by 4 for them, 4 by 5 for us. It's, it's interchangeable. Okay. I actually like calling it 10 by 8 sometimes because people are like, what's that? Is exactly. It's a little different, you know? Something else uh, of note is a photo book marker called Bob Books. 
They have a range of products, books, and various sizes using proper photographic paper, which look absolutely fabulous compared to the inkjet alternatives. So it sounds like Photo Book Maker. Bob might Books. A, might be a typo there. I'm getting some film gear together so I can do some black and white processing at home. Awesome. Mm-hmm. It is years since I've done any of that. I'm glad you have the darkroom section of your show. It is most interesting. I'll keep you posted with the results. Don't hold your breath. <laughs> Regards, and thanks for the great show, Jeremy. Well, thanks, Jeremy. Yeah. Developing home, so easy. Uh, You're yeah. on the fence, just hop off and into the, into the developer. Yeah. Here's a letter from uh, FPP Deputy Darren <laughs> Riley. Pancho. Pancho. He's our uh, FPP. What you up to, Pancho? By the way, people are now deputized by, uh, by uh, FPP. Oh, yeah. Dan is a deputized. Yeah. Uh, Darren Riley's deputized. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, this email has nothing to do with film photography. Awesome. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I thought you'd find it interesting anyway, because it's all about Michael Nesmith. I'm friends with an American musician called Tokyo Rosenthal. He lives in Chapel Hill, North, North Carolina, but is originally from New York. He used to be a boxer and a promoter before giving it all up and becoming a musician. I met him because he had a small tour over here, and the Banditos supported him at the gig. The Banditos are Pancho's group, yes. uh, Pancho Ballard and the Banditos. Since then, we've recorded parts for his new album and touring with him next fall. I sent him an email about this and added a PS at the end asking if he liked Michael Nesmith and here is his reply as for Mike Nesmith so weird you you would bring him up first of course I know him from the monkeys yeah, Mike yeah. is the oh, yeah. cap wearing monkey yep. oh he, he always wore a cap the wool cap oh yeah I, I never watched the monkeys he was always the best musician in the bunch second when he went solo he wrote a great song called Joanne that's one of my favorites finally he, he just oversaw um, the marriage ceremony of an old friend down in Austin. We had no idea. Our friend sent us pics from the ceremony, and there was Mike. That must have been great, yeah. Yep, there he was reading the vows. Don't ask me why he's qualified to do this. <laughs> it's Michael know. Nesmith. Of yeah, course he's, he's qualified. He's a sea captain. Didn't you know that? <laughs> the ceremony was in Austin. Is there nothing Papa Nez can't do? Papa Nez? Uh, Mike Nesmith, also known as Nez. Papa Nez. Uh, so thanks, Pancho, for the Mike Nesmith update. For anyone out there who uh, doesn't know Michael Nesmith, as you know, I'm, a, I'm not a, quite a fanatic, right. but I'm a huge Mike Nesmith fan. Yeah. And uh, Mike Nesmith has his own website called VideoRanch.com. And, of course, all his material is available there or on Amazon.com. Check it out. i got to get into Michael Nesmith. Check some more of his material yeah. out. Yeah. Here's a letter from Alec Weichman. Alec's on the West Coast. He says a few things. He says, number one, 
I love Pocket Light Meter app. Oh. I've actually been using it for a few years, or at least it seems that way. <laughs> it's been out a few years. It's quite yeah. accurate, okay. and I use it exclusively with my Kuribayashi Petri RF. It's a semi-pocket size 545 folder from the early 50s. Cool. And he uses it in his new Mamiya RB67. Ooh, oh, nice. Okay. Okay. RBs are great. Which brings me to, I got a Mamiya RB67. <laughs> Not sure if you remember the last time I emailed, but it was when you were having the giveaway for the Kiev 6C. Hey, my old camera. That's right, Dan. Gave that away. Yeah. I should... There we go. You know you got a chainsaw murderer Son living of... next... Shit. That actually registered on, a, on our... On our <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a tractor pull going on outside, yeah, exactly. Mike. <laughs> Anyhow, I mentioned that I was going to... That I was wanting to move away from 35 into medium format, but I only had a Diana Plus and a little Petri. Well, I sold off my Canon gear and bought an RB67, and wow, do I love it. I wish I would have gotten it sooner. That's it for now. Keep up the good work, Alex. Wow. Oh, I finally found, uh, through Flickr, the winner of uh, my old camera, the oh, Kiev 6C. How'd you find that? Uh, I, well... You stalker. I, 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 uh, no, I, I remembered stalker. from the giveaway that um, his Flickr handle had some uh, profanity in it. Oh, yes. And I saw him uh, post to the Film Photography Podcast pool. So I commented on one of his Kiev 6C images, and he's like, yeah, this is the camera. It was great. So he actually shot with it. Yeah, and he posted it to the pool. Okay. That's what it's all about. Yeah. And and it was great because... um, it was this, uh, I almost added it to the, the gallery that I had, but I'll just give it a shout out here. It was a black and white image of uh, a hand uh, up against the sky with a lizard on it. Okay, A real cool. live lizard. And um, it was a really powerful image. And I thought to myself, you know, this is great. This one image is like way better than all the images I shot through this camera. So I'm really glad I was able to pass that on to someone who's already making more use out of it than I did. It's kind of a nice feeling, right, that the yeah. camera's being yeah. put in good hands. Well, it's always great to see when you take a picture with the camera and then you can see what somebody else can do with the same exact equipment. And that's I think that's also part of realizing that that's what film photography is about. It's about yeah. getting getting better, finding your your technique and just getting out there and trying other stuff until you find it, find your way, your Absolutely. style. Absolutely. You'll find your niche. Yeah. Yeah, speaking of uh, giveaways, we have uh, some ongoing giveaways that I should uh, mention. Most namely our uh, Polaroid Pack camera giveaway. What's that? Packtastic! <laughs> yeah. And we're also giving away a uh, Nikon F1. Yes, Nikon F. Yeah. F camera. I called the proper camera this time. I did not. Not Canon. Yeah, not yeah. Canon. F. F. Uh, so get in on those contests to win one of these items. You send a separate. E- if you want to try for both, separate emails always. Put the name of the giveaway in the uh, header. Film photography podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> Name, address, a little bit about yourself, and we'll be uh, drawing these on uh, July 1st in the heat of summer. Uh, here's a letter from Adam Elkins. He says, uh, box of film heading your way. Box of expired film heading your way. Uh, most of it expired in 2002, but I'm told it was kept in a freezer. A natural geographic photographer gave it to me. Nice. Oh. There wasn't enough room in my freezer without pissing off the bride. So the rest is, <laughs> so the rest is yours. 
Come up with a clever way to do something with it. Feel free to use some in the store, too. I just want to see it used. And I wrote on here, wow, because it just says, oh, box of film coming. I had yeah. no idea that. A National that Geographic photographer. Was it signed by this? Was it Steve McCurry? Huh? This if it was Kodachrome, yeah, it yeah. was. Check this out, guys. Oh, my gosh. Oh. That's what I said. It's loaded. It's lo- I mean, this is a loaded. Must have been serious, this Nat I mean, Geo guy. Loaded box of film. There's, there's some uh, Fujichrome 220 film in the bottom. Ooh. Oh, man. There's some Ektachrome in here. Uh, there is some 120 film. There is some Tri-X in here. Ooh. Uh, it, it... He didn't even need packing peanuts, Mike. There's no, just, no. It's just film. That's film is the, the whole box. Peanuts. Oh, my God. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through this box of film. And that's why it's great, I think, you folks, to be a member of Flickr.com. Because if you go to Flickr.com and find our group, Film Photography Podcast, I'm going to have a, a thread that is just like maybe every few weeks. Yeah. Where I'll just be like, you know, Kodak Tri-X. You know, I have 15 okay. rolls of... You know what you should do, Mike? What? You should have somebody guess how many rolls of film are in the box. <laughs> yeah, really? Just well, not give the whole Ooh, thing away. I, no, I don't know, but I'm just saying it's, it just sounds like the greatest idea because I have no idea how many rolls of film are in there. It's like you could just guess how they, many rolls of film are in this bag. Yeah, but they have no idea what the box looks like. Give them like. the dimensions. Yeah. Say it is a. This is an eight by ten what by ten Adrian box. Monk? <laughs> yeah. Then, then he's gonna. Then the smarties are gonna get some film. I don't know. Well, that's it's just pretty good advice. But I'm probably mm, gonna smarties. just have a thread where it says, you know, Kodak Ektachrome 35 millimeter. Yeah. Kodak Ektachrome. How many rolls there are? And like, you know, take entries. You know, uh, via email for 24 hours, and then do a drawing, and then announce it on the thread. Yeah. And then start a like new that. thread. Yeah. So there's so much here to go around. Yeah. This know. is really, really fantastic. So much film. Don't worry about missing out on something. I'm sure your chance will come around. Yeah. With no. This absolutely. Huge box. If you, um, if you have film like Adam did, and you just have no room for it, or there's no way you're going to shoot it, uh, send it over to Film Photography Podcast. Uh, you could send it right to our PO box, PO Box 152 in Butler, New Jersey, 07405, and we will immediately get it in and we'll rotate it back out to, uh, as uh, we would say, hungry cameras. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, there are a lot of uh, listeners who... Hungry, uh, hungry cameras. Yeah, and um, we haven't been doing a lot of draws of film on the show, but we are uh, monthly giving away film. I'll, I will announce it on the Flickr group. Yeah, it's more, uh, it's more subdued. Yeah, film. Yeah. anyone who wants to win film, all you have to do is really send an email and uh, you get entered in a lottery. We have a, a 120 film box and a 35 millimeter film box, sort of like a voting box. Yeah. Your entry goes in there, and then every month I'm going to be shipping out film, and uh, this is going to be ongoing until the pool runs out of water. Yeah. Which doesn't look like... I, I don't think it's going to be anytime soon, Mike. It's, yeah. uh, it's summer, and the pool is full. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, I'll put a little card every time I send out film, encourage folks to put the, their images in the Flickr uh, group pool. That'd be oh, great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that'd be awesome. So, uh, Adam, thanks a lot, man. That was really, really amazing. And uh, yeah. so much film. Yeah. I mentioned uh, Steve McCurry back when uh, Kodachrome was just about to stop being processed. I found out he's a graduate of Penn State. Is that right? Yeah. No kidding. No kidding. Steve McCurry. Maybe uh, had some of your professors. Here's a quick letter from uh, Dan O'Connor. Dan, uh, he brings up a question we uh, brought up on a previous podcast, which was about old Polaroid land cameras and electronic flash. Okay. Mm. 
I watched your video on the Polaroid Model 100. At the end, you use an electronic flash with it. I saw on another website that specializes in converting old Polaroids that the PC socket on these old Polaroids is M-synchronized for the old bulb flashes, oh. flash before exposure, and they resynchronize it in their conversion to X-sync yeah. for modern electronic flashes. Cool. Are they right, or are they just trying to sell me something I don't need? Love your show and information, Dan. Well, they're probably right. Yeah, they're probably right. It's just, it's a personal taste thing. Yeah, and we have not run to, into any problems with, like, uh, burning out cameras with... Flash, flash. No, yeah, no, no. It's, it's all been, good. It's been good, yeah. Here's a question from Scott Rudolph about Polaroid backs for Nikon cameras. It's a question out of the field. I just bought a Nikon FE2 35mm body, and it needs new foam. It oh. probably needs a good CLA, but I've never sent the body or lens out. There's a couple of guys on eBay that will do it for $90. Then there's places like AP. I'm a little worried about sending my new toy out. Have mm. you guys hit this topic on the show or in the forums? What mm. uh, what model? Nikon FE2. Mm. There's a thread, oh. which I actually sent to uh, okay. Scott. There's a thread in the Flickr group about CLA. Okay. Yeah. Everyone chimed in and added their... their oh, good. Yeah. The, the thing about CLA is... Clean, pro- lu- what is it? Right. What is it? Clean, lubricate, and adjust. Yes. The, the thing about um, getting your camera serviced in general is that certain people are the best or in the States for certain models of cameras. Yes. Like I know my Konica camera I sent to Greg Weber. He's in uh, Nebraska. My uh, Hasselblad, uh, the most famous is uh, David Odess in uh, Massachusetts. So depending on your camera brand, uh, you might be able to send it to a different specialist. Yeah, much like you would go to you know a specialist doctor yeah. for a problem. Yeah. Same thing with CLA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just a lot cheaper. What do you think about a Polaroid back on a Nikon 35 millimeter body? I think you're looking to spend a lot of money for a very small bit of oh, uh, bit yeah. of image. Most of the uh, Polaroid is going to be wasted. Because you're yes. only dealing with a 24 millimeter by 36 millimeter image, and these these backs are really designed for guys shooting in the studio to actually do a test. Yeah, it was it was yeah. mainly for studio guys. That's why the price was very it was premium at the time, and that's why anybody that's still selling them they they're almost selling them as a rarity. But it's a rarity because well, if you just get a Polaroid land camera, get a beater cam, you know, yeah, get get something to take up that whole nice three and a quarter by four. He and a quarter. says he's uh, looking at a Polaroid 100. You oh, know. yeah, probably should just get that. Just get yeah, that. Get yeah. that. You save so much. I mean, you can buy you can buy ten boxes. I don't know twenty boxes of Fuji film for the price you'd spend just for the back. Yeah, and then yeah. you're wasting all that space. I mean, if if you're really that hard up and you want to be very traditional in like a studio process or art duplication or right. something yeah. very very technically um, necessary, go for it. But it's going to be pricey. Yeah. Now it's different if you're talking medium format because oh, then you have format, a big, yeah. bigger image like your. Hasselroid. Yeah, Hasselroids and Polablods, those are good. <laughs> I, I love shooting those. And it's it's just enough of the image that I don't feel I don't feel kind of cheated yeah. for my money. You still get some black on there. Yeah, you get some sides. black, but I mean the sharpness pays off after oh, yeah. a while. And if you're if you're doing a, an elaborate like model shoot or something, it's worth it. Yeah, multiple to, strobes, things yeah. like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Here's a few bits and bobs. The first is uh, this is from Greg McNeil, our good friend Greg McNeil. Oi. <laughs> 
<laughs> He's from the Isle of Bute <laughs> in Scotland. Scotland is north <laughs> Scotland. of England. Know, Scotland. Yeah. Uh, I, I've th- been in Scotland. You you have? Yeah. Okay. I was in uh, Edinburgh for two days. Okay. This is about the stolen scream. You guys know about that? This guy's image from Flickr was stolen and used on posters, t-shirts, and walls all over the world. Oh. The short documentary is pretty great. It's called thestolenscream.com. Of course, thank you, Greg, for the letter. Everyone that's on Flickr or any any you know online site is you know scared that their image is going to get stolen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Used. I recently had an image stolen. It's really? my beauty shot of the Polaroid 300 camera. Okay. My studio okay. shot of it. And uh, I was on eBay. Really? And then oh, I cool. see Polaroid 300, and I just clicked on it just for S's, for S's and giggles. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And b- there's my image. Oh, man. Stolen. Yeah, used on an Stolen. eBay auction. And all I did was send a very nice letter to the eBay seller oh, saying, yeah. listen, you need to... I need to do a takedown on this image. I have a copyright on this, and uh, you need to do it, or else I'm going to report you to eBay. The funny thing is, of my images, and very rarely do I actually do a burn that says photo by Michael Rosso. Yeah. This one, for whatever reason, you I did. did. Oh, you did? Okay. And there it was on eBay, photo Hello. by Michael Rosso. It says it right there. Yeah, yeah. so I didn't get upset about it. I know people really freak out. <laughs> And it's been there are some of... people that get very serious about it. Yeah. yeah. If it, just like anything else in the internet, music, movies, TV, things like that, if as soon as it hits the web, it, yeah, it's, it's it disseminates. Gone. Yeah, you yeah. have to expect to, to some capacity that it will be stolen. But at this, on the same token, that it's extra exposure. Yeah. I mean, if somebody takes my image and they promote it in such a way that like people go back and look at more of my stuff. Great. Yeah. And most of the time when you post to the web, the only, re- the only time you should really worry is if you're posting something so ridiculously high resolution. You should think twice about right. posting such high resolution. What resolution, resolution do you post? Um, I think I post at like uh, 1,200, sometimes 2,000 for the large format. Like pixels? 1,200 pixels wide. That's pretty yeah. big, though. Don't you think? That's pretty big. but like You could on, print that. I can print th- You could print that, but if it's, it's an, if it's an 8 by 10 image, like a contact print scan, yeah. you're not going to get the same thing. No. Yeah. I mean, I, perfect for web, though. Perfect yeah. for web. Yeah. I scale down to 1024 usually. Okay. Sometimes uh, if there's like maybe some lamography contest, they need a little bit bigger for, for their... And do you uh, guys burn on so. any image photo by? I, I used to get worried about it, and then no. Nothing happened. I actually, I had one case. This was before I started doing film of digital. A digital image of mine was stolen. Mm -hmm. And then I I wrote to them because they they put it on their blog about something. And I I just said, you know, could, if you're going to keep it up there, either pull it down or just give me credit. All I asked for is credit on Mm -hmm. it, really. Mm -hmm. Credit and a link with the image. And they were happy to oblige, kept the post up, and it drew more traffic to my Flickr stream. So in the end, as long as you're, like you said, as long as you're polite about it, people are usually pretty reasonable. Yeah. And if they're the ones that are really, hardcore about stealing it you're probably not going to have a means to contact them you know yeah. well, well, you could, well, you, if it's ebay you could shut the auction down exactly yeah. now i for a while i was putting copyright notices in the bottom uh left corner i've sort of phased out of that but uh, a few of my images on Flickr, especially ones that are clearly marked with or clearly associated with some chain like Target or something like that, like I shoot the, the outside of Target at night, right? I'll make that maybe a, uh, uh, I'll use a Creative Commons license on it. And that option's and right there when you upload it to Flickr, exactly. right? Exactly. Yeah. So I'll say, okay, you can't make any derivative, you can't manipulate it, you know, and you can't use it to make money, um, and you got to uh, give me a 
get credit. But I, I, on a few of those pictures, I've noticed that uh, people will use my images in their blog, and I'll get a mini little shout-out in the corner. So oh, yeah, yeah. I get a few uh, Flickr hit. People ask permission to do the embedding, or they just do it? No, they just do it. The permission's Im- implied if you use a Creative Commons license. It, it shows up at the very like bottom it's, right. You yeah, have a full copyright of your image, but you allow Im- embed. That's what a license well, is, Well, you know, yeah. a lot of folks who use Flickr don't understand that the embed mode's even on. Then they get angry when someone... Yeah, okay. when, yeah. Someone, when someone copies a link to it. Yeah. Right. Copying a link, there's nothing wrong with copying a link. No. It's no. going right to your work. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. These are some pretty good images you took with this film yeah I'm, I'm loving the, the flares film. are nice from the overhead lights I'm loving it yeah. I'm uh, st- being distracted here I picked <laughs> up some prints that uh, that black border stuff from yeah. Impossible yeah I'm glad I got on it while they, while they still had that's some great look at that yeah, that, oh, that's the PX680. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, Who's yeah. That oh, that's, that was the color pack, too, that you gave Lauren okay. we, t- we took that on the way back that's pretty awesome in Pennsylvania somewhere what's yeah. this? That's 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 when I had my uh, faded RB sixty seven that I that I traded for a Mamiya six four five. Where did you find this army of cats? Oh, that's my my mom's a crazy cat lady. She has um, barn she has barn cats. Okay, barn cats. And that was that was Polaroid um that was Polaroid six hundred from nineteen ninety two. She doesn't she doesn't love the cats in the house. I hope. No, she only has one house cat. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. She's not. It's not like the smelly crazy cat lady stuff. I'm a former cat addict. This stuff? Yeah, hold them up. Uh, let me hold up the black frame stuff. The black frame oh, stuff yeah, is black good. Frame good. Good, good, good. You know, uh, off topic really fast, a letter from Johnny Bryan. He says, you know, the spots in the <laughs> upper right of movie frames. Uh, I've wondered for years why spots appear in the upper right during movies. I knew it must be an artifact, as it occurs too much with regu- you know with too much regularity. You you are now answered why 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 do these annoying uh, spots occur? Maybe I'm all overly sensitive to defects in movie prints, but now I know why these annoying spots occur. Thanks for the podcast and keep up the work. I think Johnny's assuming that I knew the answer. I do know the answer. Oh, good. Come on. Uh, <laughs> um, Glad one of us knows. It's yeah. a very oh, it's a very um, simple. Uh, throwback from the early movie days which is the upper right hand corner uh, when you see a yellow uh, circle it means that it's the end of a reel and the projectionist in the booth they have changed it change is a changing a reel and next to the projector is another projector so yeah. when he sees the circle he presses a button the other projector uh, starts up with another roll of film on it and you, you you know you're so involved with the movie you don't notice these things but there's an overlap for a split second yeah. Yeah. two projectors and sometimes the color can even be just a little bit off but if your eye yeah. if it's yeah. in the same scene of the movie you'll notice a color Just temperature change. For a change. split second. Usually yep. it's during a scene change. Like usually it is. They're yes. entering a new room or something going like outside. that. Yeah. Yeah. Usually that's what it is when they walk in or out yeah, of somewhere. Exactly. Yeah. But that's what the upper right-hand circle is. Not a defect. It's part of a system. And uh, that will all go away in the future when uh, film projectors are pulled out and they put digital projectors in. We still have a drive-in theater at, uh, no way. In, in, fin- in near Finley, Ohio, yeah. There are a few drive-in theaters Ve- I mean, very, we had three in the area, but they all kind of like pooled their money together to keep the one alive. Okay. And, and they, they get prints. I mean, they don't get them weekly or monthly. It's very seldom. Do they, they open it up only during the summer, and they, they usually have... Uh, so it's always a special event yeah it's a very special event they they sell out very quickly okay but it's so cool to go how awesome is that a drive-in selling out yeah Yeah. we have a drive-in here at warwick new york which is very close nice pretty awesome have you ever looked at uh, well i'm sure you have being in the movie uh, business but uh have you ever looked at the 35 millimeter film and all the stuff that's on there you got your image uh, that takes up uh, not even the full width of in between the sprockets that's correct 
then you have an, uh, two channels of optical audio. That's correct. In between the sprockets, you have the Dolby digital sound. Oh, okay. Yeah, in, in like the little, you know, the two-dimensional QR codes that you scan yeah. nowadays? It's kind of like that, where it's a two-dimensional digital uh, image. Here's an unknown fact. TMI. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a boring side note to that. Uh, whenever you, I don't know if you still see it anymore. Years ago, you'd be like, see Star Wars in 70 millimeter. Oh, I love, I, I so want to see 70 millimeter. It's a 70 millimeter size the image is 65 millimeter the wow. five millimeters for sound and for right. other stuff my so. favorite movie of all time uh, lawrence of arabia oh. was shot on 70 millimeter and i'm told that you just haven't seen that movie until you see it projected on 70 millimeter projected that's that's the key yeah, yeah. we're we're barreling through which is great because we have a lot of we have a lot of stuff to cover this show you know you asked for it and you got it. Here is a lengthy email from Alex Lux. Yeah. He is the uh, gave away the F1 for us to give away. Comprehensive email on Nikon. Maybe Matt barrel oh, through wow. that. Can I barrel through Do it? All right. To split this up, or you got it. Uh, I got it. Okay. I'm an avid Nikon shooter, although I have to admit I recently picked up an AE-1 program. Just need a lens and the lens it came with. It doesn't work. I went to Nikon after shooting Minolta for almost three years in my adventures in film photography. The one draw of Nikon cameras is that the F mount has remained pretty much the same from Nikon F all the way through the new DSLRs. There are some limits to the Canon series. The Nikon F uses non-aperture indexed lenses. Oh, he's just talking about the difference of the, the different kinds of uh, lenses between Nikon. There's a lot of different uh, little acronyms there. There's uh, aperture index, which is AI, and the more friendly AIS lenses, which can only be used with the new Pro Nikons, F4, F5, F6. And you can also use the AI, AIS lenses in your old Nikon F since there's still the claw that links into the aperture controller on the, the Nikon. Claw! The claw! Yeah. And the controller <laughs> in the get Nikon you F. next time, Gadget. <laughs> Inspector Gadget, <Yeah>. really? <laughs> I see where this oh, yeah. podcast is going quickly. Okay. <laughs> Nikon also released a series of budget lenses called the Nikon Series E, as opposed to their higher-end lenses titled Nikkor. These E-series lenses are classified as AIS, but they lack the claw for compatibility with the old Nikon F and F2 cameras. The claw! Which, and I'm apparently the claw is, that's for setting the aperture. Other cult Nikon cameras include the Nikon FM and the electronic version, the Nikon FE. Uh, and then there's the Nikon F4 released in the 80s, which at the time was a revolution. It was the first to have a matrix uh, metering system, had many manual controls, making it useful for both the autofocus and the manual focus lenses. I can use almost all my Nikon lenses, even the new AFS lenses, except the ones which are missing the aperture ring for shutter pressure or full auto. So why do I shoot Nikon? Simple. I was given a Nikon F80, N80 for you Americans, in 2006, and it, I just like the way they feel. Since they've acquired several Nikon SLRs, the F80 died recently, oh. but he got a beautiful Nikon F4 from B&H. He oh. also uses an F3 and a Nikon F photo mix. And the next working Nikon camera I get my hands on will be sent right to you folks. So he's just a Nikon shooter because the lenses carry carry through pretty well through the whole series, and because he just likes the feel of them. And I can, I can attach test to the feel of a Nikon. Nikons and Canons are designed to be exact opposites of each other. So if you try to turn the shutter, the, the aperture in priority mode, they go the opposite no way. opposite way. The dials go the opposite way. <laughs> and it's like they design it so once you're in the system, you can't get out of the system without being having this awkward being transition. Yes, you're completely disoriented. My, my uh, professor, Jeff, yes. he gave me a Nikon to work with one day, his Nikon, and it mounts in the exact opposite direction. Everything's opposite. It's so fun. It's, it's almost hilarious that they designed it just like oh this is what Canon's doing we're gonna do the exact opposite right. you know or vice versa yeah the only thing the only thing they didn't do is like mount the LCD like upside down or something right. and then it'd be exactly <laughs> yeah. opposite uh, why do I shoot Canon well it's very simple because the first camera I was given was a Canon 
Yeah, it's, FT. It, it's a traditional wisdom kind of thing. Yeah, so. and then when I, it was time for an upgrade, I asked for a Canon AE-1. Because you know Canon's good, and, right? Of course. So. And then from there, once you're in the Canon FD, then it's all just like you're hard you're, you're a lifer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're a lifer. You're a lifer. And but what's nice about the Nikon lenses, like he was saying, is some of the pro Nikon digital bodies, um, they accept all the all the old legacy glass. Canon, you have yep. to move up to the EOS mount. At the same time, it also drives up the, the price for the Nikon lenses because they're used more often. Yeah, you can, uh, especially with now uh, motion, like the, the video recording on the digital bodies. Yeah, they like the nice old sharp lenses. So. Yeah, and the manual focus, too. Uh, focus pulling. Yeah, yeah exactly. So that, but thanks for the letter, Alex. Yeah. The claw. This is a letter from Gus Garcia. Russ. Gus. Gus. Gus? Yeah. Oh, I thought you said Russ. I'm no. sorry. <laughs> a guy on a Flickr discussion made the point that no lab does optical printing any longer. B.S. Bull. Mm, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. He implied, or maybe I'm reading too much in between the lines, that there's no longer any advantage to shooting film if it's all scanned and digitized, and all the prints are made from digital scans. So what do you think? If all of our film images are being converted to digital files and printed off scans, is there really any advantage to shooting film? Oh, Sheldon. (laughs) Of course there is. Film is fun. I mean, mean, we could talk about... uh, Gus, it's time to hit the FPP backlog and just listen to all the reasons. Exposure, the fact that skies get burned out so easily. Exposure latitude. Exposure latitude. Especially on color negative. The lack of pure Photoshopping you have to do to to get the image you want. You don't have to do anything. It's cheaper. And there are places that do optical printing. I I have a couple. Blue moon. Blue moon. Blue moon. Yeah. Blue moon. They do optical printing in color as well as black and white? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I sent uh, a roll of 120 (laughs) uh, to uh, Blue Moon. And, um, uh, well, I sent them color negative and uh, uh, E6 for cross-processing. E6. They optically printed both of them. Uh, automated, but still optical printing, so shining a light through on uh, uh, photosensitive paper. Yep. Those are the best uh, prints, proof prints, that I've ever gotten back from a lab. Seriously. Yeah, well, those guys are serious. Yeah. And they're a heck of, a heck of a nice bunch over there. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's not sure. just guys, guys and girls. No, yeah. yeah. But Blue Moon, they, it's a great group up there. And oh, uh, yeah. uh, also, did you know, uh, which it was, it's going to be part of a future uh, 620 film report, uh, they sell... Because they're a machine shop. Right. They sell 620 film. Nice. They take the spools and they grind it in a, in a beater. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they grind it down. And right. if it's, since it's film take-up, you need a, a, an authentic 620 film spool for, to take up the film. Mm-hmm. But feed film, it can be a 120 spool. Oh, nice. Well, as long as it's ground down. Yeah. Because in order That's to easy take, enough to do In order home. to take up film, the, the inside part of the, sp- of the spool is much smaller on 620. Okay. So on 120, it's bigger, so you wouldn't get the take-up tension. So Yeah, I would say, Gus, there's so many advantages to shooting with film that it, you obviously need to explore it a little bit more and fi- find what you like about it. And if, you, if you're still not convinced, yeah, there's always digital. I mean, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's whatever makes you happy. Exactly. Yeah. Get, get happy. Yeah. yeah. No violence. <laughs> no right. violence. Here's a great letter from Jeff. What's Jeff oh, have to say? It was a 127th film school. Yeah. Oh, that was, that was just chilling in my car. Yeah, yeah, yeah very cool. I'll, I'll make some good use of this. Cool. Back Jeff, to Jeff. 
Jeff Thompson. I can't believe what a pain in the ass it is to get Sprocket Hole film developed out here. Aww. Starting to think that I just bite the bullet and get a film scanner. Will it make a difference if I just take my 35mm Sprocket Hole film to somewhere, say a major chain store, and then get it developed and bring it back home to scan it? Your advice on what film scanner to buy would be appreciated. Awesome podcast. Keep it up, Jeff. I know, awesome. Dan, you have some experience with this. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, two things. Uh, first is question. Uh, if you take it somewhere to get it developed and you've shot on the sprockets, then you don't worry. It's going to get developed. It'll get developed just fine. Yeah, yeah. no problem. You, uh, depending on the width of the image, you might want to ask them not to cut the film. Right. Uh, so you get a roll back and you cut it yourself. So, and there are two, two routes you're going to go. Uh, one, you could, like you suggested, get a film scanner for yourself. Um, I have the Epson V700 and I like it very much, but you're definitely going to want to get something, probably a flatbed scanner. Especially for sprockets. Yeah, yeah. for sprockets. Or at least maybe you can, uh, do something, uh, if, if, uh, you can scan 120. You yeah. can probably do that. You'd. But you don't want to get something that's just going to do 35 millimeters. Like a, you took like a V700. Yeah, definitely. Exactly. Yeah. And what you was that, that contraption that was in the Lomography store? That was the, uh, the Digitalizer. Yes. You familiar with that? Yeah, that's for a uh, flatbed scanner. Yeah, uh, it's just kind of a little yeah. frame that makes it really easy to, to stick your sprocket hole photos. It'll flatten it down yeah. and fix everything in place and so you you get just, your you ready insert, scan. You put the insert yeah. in and then you just lay it on the flatbed and it's good. Yeah. Or you can, of course, uh, tape it yourself to a 120. Yeah, exactly. Holder. exactly. So if if you yeah. have the capability of uh, scanning 120, but, just but, tighten it. But and this tape is a it. very common question. You know, uh, a lot of uh, folks see really cool images up online of sprocket photography, and mm-hmm. they go, "Oh, how the f am I gonna? Yeah. <laughs> how am I gonna get but, this like scanned?" You know, getting a scanner. Still, that's like the Epson V700. It's a big like, investment. Yeah. yeah, it's an investment. 500 bucks. If you don't shoot a lot, maybe you don't want to do that. Yeah. Over the long haul, if you're going to do a lot of this, get yourself get a scanner. Get a flatbed. Yeah. I just bought the most marvelous birthday present for Mother. Did you, darling? How nice. What is it? It was supposed to be a surprise. A camera? Whatever for? I can always conjure up pictures if I want to without all that fuss. Well, that's why I chose it. There is no fuss with a Kodak Instamatic camera. There, all loaded and ready to go, even indoors. Don't you dare. Actually, I think I'll keep it myself. Oh, these poor mortals are getting rather clever. I think I might keep it. You will? Let me finish wrapping. Oh, well, don't bother. Just say cheese. Limburger. For most of us, taking pictures with a Kodak Instamatic camera is easier than witchcraft. And they start at less than $19. They really are perfect gifts. See your Kodak dealer. Dark Dark Tip Tips. Dark Dark Tip Tips. FPP. Dark Dark Tip Tips. Brian Skerritt says, I started home developing black and white originally as a way to keep the cost per roll down, but I also love being involved in image-making process from beginning to end. I wonder if you could do a segment on the options available for home color 
processing. Internet public opinion is pretty divided on the subject. Some people say, why bother? Others say it's not much more complicated than developing black and white. I understand temperature control is the main issue. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the subject. Warm regards. Brian S. Dupai. Taiwan. Ooh, Taiwan. Oh, Taipei. Okay. Taipei. Okay. Taipei, yeah. yeah. Well, home development, C41, that's what I'm all about now. C41. It's yeah. your lucky it's, day, folks. It is. Yeah. And hey, I developed C41 before I even touched black and white. Is that right? Yeah, that was my first home. It is temperature sensitive, mm-hmm. but I mean, if you're if you're all about home developing, it's it is cheaper than having your lab do it. I mean, if you have a scanner and you don't mind not having proofs, yeah, go go do it at home. It's great. Yeah. You can get some old uh, you can get some old print drums to do your chemistry in because all of this has to be. I mean, it has to be done in complete darkness. It's right. not like black and white where you can have a safe light on. So somewhere or your dark bag so you can load your your film like you right. know would and then just do it in your patterson tank yeah i Um, I tend to use the patterson for uh the plastic tank for c41 development because it's a little less uh it won't get affected by the outside temperature like the stainless steel tanks but yeah they wick heat in and out yeah well also a lot of the new chemistry that's out there not like the old c41 powder chemistry where it was a bunch more there was like seven steps instead of the three or four it is today yeah it's a lot it's a lot more workable it gives Mm -hmm. you when you open up the kit like your tetanol c41 or your unicolor or your relay kits they're all they're all different every process is a little bit different but the times are all the same the temperatures are all the same and some of the chemistry they offer you a conversion factor for room temperature so you can actually do c41 at room temperature with okay. like with a tetanol kit it takes longer it takes a hell of a lot longer right. like uh like 20 minutes versus three minutes 25 seconds but if you're if you're hard up for you know water hot water yeah. consistently at that temperature it uh it'll work right. so c41 should be accessible to pretty much anybody that black and white's accessible yeah. to and, and you could buy these kits at freestyle freestyle, freestyle. yes freestyle freestyle, freestyle. They're, they're the place to go. And you've done E6 now, too? I have done E6 as well. Holy sheesh. E6. And E6 yeah. is for uh, for transparency slide yeah. film. Color slide film. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And C41 is for print or yeah. negative film. Yeah. The only um, thing I would add in to the C41 versus E6 versus black and white, if you use your fingers or a film squeegee, get yeah. a different squeegee for each process. Okay. Because oh. you're washing your black and white, and then you hit it with photo flow. With C41, it's you stabilize it at the end, so you don't want photo flow getting on, on your C41 eggs or even water, because right. you can get these really nasty <clears throat> um, destabilized sections that will yeah. buckle, curl, and otherwise look bad. And then E6 is a longer wash process, but again, have a different set of squeegees for that. So that's an extra $2 investment, right. but you're still saving a lot of money versus going to a lab consistently. Personally, I use the uh, Unicolor kit or the Tintinol kit, same thing. Um, there's there's three chemicals. You've got your developer, you've got your Blix, which is bleach plus fixer. Um, Blix. Yes. Hit it with the Blix. Really? And then uh, finally is the stabilizer. Yep. The, okay. And the, the nice thing about C41 is it goes in decreasing temperature tolerance. Um, so, like, uh, the developer is most sensitive to being at right at plus or minus half a degree. Yeah, yeah. one hundred two Fahrenheit. Then the Blix still has to be plus near or minus five. Yeah. Okay, yeah. and then finally the stabilizer room, room temperature. Temp. So yeah. you can, if you're really hard up for a heater or something, you can get some really hot water. Yeah. Sometimes I do it too yeah. when I'm feeling lazy. You bring it up to about one hundred twenty Fahrenheit, yeah. mm-hmm. and then you just kind of let it 
go from there. You pour, you, out, you pour out your pre-wash water, you let that go to temperature, you bring your chemistry up, and then once your developer hits, you toss it in. Yeah. Well, what if you F up on te- temperature? What's going to happen? You know what? Really? There's a couple times where I've been a little too hot, a little too cold, and people are like, oh, the shifting that occurs when it gets too hot. I've had it plus or minus two degrees in yeah. the developing process, and I still haven't seen these nasty shifts that people are... Yeah. Okay. I, I developed it's... something. Uh, I thought it was 102, the recommended temperature. Turns out it was like 98 or 97 yeah. when I measured it in the tank. And I was like, I didn't see anything. I think it's it's really all down to taste. Yeah. You know, the same guys that are complaining about that are the same kind of pixel peepers in the digital world. Okay. You know, they, they look at everything at full resolution because that's... You know how everybody does it. Right. <laughs> well, it's it's all personal taste. E6 is genuinely more temperature sensitive because the um, they have a two developer process. Mm-hmm. The first developer and then the color developer, which is the single most important step. If you don't keep that sucker right on temperature, you will see shifts. I had I had a little bit of shifting in my first in my first batch, but it was only toward the very end in my last two images. But I mean, it's something I could you know I pull a slider in in Lightroom and it's good. But, right. Yeah. But it's still something that just watch out for. And you get better as you go, just like black and white, just like respooling 120 to 620 just like anything give it a try yes absolutely the, the great thing is you don't really need any special equipment i mean if you want to heat up your chemistry then put a stopper on the bottom of your sink and just fill your sink with hot water and uh get the get your chemical bottle sitting in that hot bath and just watch the the thermometer that's yep. sitting in your developer and once that hits 102 or i think it's uh 3940 celsius yeah 39 c um, yeah yeah then pull it out and start working it, the there's no no additional cost. Worth a shot. Do it. Exactly. Just do it. What do these kits cost? These kits cost 20 bucks. 20 bucks. Shipped. And how many rolls would you get out of that kit? 15 yeah. in 35, 10 in 120, okay. 8 yeah. to 10 sheets in 8 by 10. Right. It's uh, the, the chemistry is apparently a little bit more volatile, but the thing is, uh, as your chemistry starts to die, you will gradually you notice yeah. uh, uh, shifts in your colors. Yeah. And once you start noticing results that you don't like anymore... Just stop. Then you stop and start with a new kit. And usually that's a yeah. factor of time and or throwing an absurd number of rolls through right, it. Yeah. So. Nikon cameras have taken some of the world's greatest pictures. More professionals use Nikons than all other 35mm cameras combined. But you don't have to be a pro to own a Nikon. This Nikon FE is as easy to use as the 35mm SLRs amateurs buy. And you can own one for the cost of a few extra rolls of film. Nikon. We take the world's greatest pictures. The Nikon FE. Now Shootan priced this low. For cameras today to shoot your way. It's Shootan. Shootan. For every camera need. Shootan camera downtown on Wacker Drive at LaSalle now has the Nikon everyone's been waiting for. The programmed Nikon FG. At the touch of the shutter release, the FG's microcomputer brain automatically calculates the correct lens opening and shutter speed simultaneously. It all happens in a fraction of a second, and it all adds up to picture-perfect photography. For more creative photography, the FG can be used as an aperture-priority automatic or with full manual control. Light-emitting diodes in the FG's viewfinder tell you what shutter speed you're operating at. If you're under or overexposed, the LEDs blink and a warning signal sounds. The FG's operating modes are further enhanced by a wide variety of Nikon accessories. Lenses, filters, flashes, motor drives, they're all part of the world's most comprehensive photographic system. And with them, your creative capabilities are endless. Shootan offers the FG, its attachments, and expert advice on how to use them to achieve the effects you want. The Nikon FG. 
Now at this low Shootan price. Let Shootan help you enjoy Nikon photography today. Shoot with the best. Your cost is last. It's Shootan. Shootan. For every camera need. Shootan camera. Downtown on Wacker Drive at LaSalle. Hey, we're back. Wow. Cool, let's keep cool. barreling through. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, let's move right into this is our gallery. Barrel the gallery. Yeah. yeah. Gallery, yes. So, um, basically, this is just the same as it has been, but it's been a while, hasn't it been, Mike? It's been a very long time. About a year? Since we looked at a gallery. A year, maybe? It's, it's maybe not a year, but close to close it. Close to it, yeah. yeah. It's been a really long time. So, uh, what'd, you ha- what'd you have us do, Mike? Well, ga- uh, when we look at galleries, we go to our Flickr pool. This is an online uh, group in Flickr.com where you join free participants and uh, folks that have, you know, friends of Film Photography Podcast post their favorite images. That allows us to, you know, all of us to look at each other's photography. And in Flickr, you could do what's called a gallery, which is you curate your own gallery and you pick up to 18 per gallery of your favorite images. Oh. And you could do whatever you want. You could categorize it by, hey, these are my faves for this month, my faves for this week. Uh, hey, this is my this type of film stock. Dan thought we would bring it back this back because you thought it was kind of successful. You thought it was fun. Yeah, it was fun seeing getting exposed to other listeners' images that maybe you missed in the pool right. uh, when they first came out. And there are quite some days you get quite a lot influx, and yeah. you might miss something if you don't have a handheld internet capable device or a computer in front of you. We'll try to describe things as vividly as possible. But if you want to follow along, uh, you yeah. go to Flickr.com. And I guess if we're going to talk about... Yeah, we'll just, I'll right. just give the link for mine, yeah, and then great. Dan will give the link for his. And right. We'll just, yeah. And also, I'm <clears throat> guessing that the, the links to the two galleries will also appear in the FPP show notes. Yes, that's correct. Show notes, baby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Show notes. Uh, these are Dan and Matt both put a little gallery together to pick some of their favorites from the Flickr pool, and you're going to tell us what the image is, who shot the image, and why you like it. Okay. I'll, I'll try and keep it as quick as possible because yeah. I know we're barreling through. We are. Yeah. Uh, mine is the June 1st FPP gallery, Matt's Picks. You can find that by going to flickr.com slash photos slash Matt4226, and then from there you can click galleries, and it's the only gallery I have up. Okay. So, um, first. It's a first for me. I might be doing more in the future. I really li- I like the feel of going through all these images because it's, it's fun. It is fun. Yeah. And I got to go through the backlog. I went through like 30-some pages of FPP photos, and it turned out very well. So my first image up is Jeremy North. It's his... Uh, it's his self-portrait that taken at the Ilford booth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jeremy's been following the podcast for a long time. A long time, okay. yeah. And we, we correspond every now and then. And he just showed – we were talking one day about um, Ilford direct positive paper, and that's exactly what this is. It's a gorgeous photograph, 10 by 8 as they would call it. Right. Uh, it's a paper negative – or it's not a negative, a paper positive. Ilford makes a specialty paper where when it's processed, it will be a positive image, except it will be backwards because it's not um, – there's, no perspe- there's no correction from like a, a mirror or anything. Right. So – but it's a, a great headshot. It's got a very – it's got a – I know it's using a very um, small f-stop, but it's still a very thin depth of field because of 8 by 10 The sharpness and contrast are just perfect. It has a little bit of a sepia tone to it, mm-hmm. and I chose it just because you don't – it's the only direct positive image in the pool. Is that right? It's a very unique yeah. image, and it gives me hope for direct positives. Because whenever people think of shooting on paper, they think of blurry, low contrast, you know. And and sometimes right. on on paper, it's super high contrast, and you just can't get anything right. And this is just 
I think it's perfect. Right. Um, you do have to watch your con- a contrast if you're shooting paper negatives. You do, and I'm sure Ilford has has it down to a science with their direct positive oh, paper yeah. and their uh, their own developers. So my next image is uh, Mission in 26th by Abe Bingham, and this was shot with a Lomography sprocket rocket. How about that? It is sprocket an, rocket. It's an incredibly sharp image. It's pretty much what got me all geared up to ask the, the Lomography store to let me try out their Spinner 360 camera, just because I've never done sprockets. Never done really, you know, intense 35 kind of shooting. And the colors in this are great. I think it represents a lot of good color theory, something people don't think about a lot anymore. But I think it's very important to include color theory. Like in this, there's that uh, there's that three to one blue yeah. to orange ratio, which is just, it's the magic ratio for those colors huh. and has really good compositional elements. And there's there's almost like on the sprocket rocket, I know there's a very, a very small center of sharpness and that kind of fades out from there, but it's perfect for the composition in this image. So just a really good example of what sprocket photography can be at its best. Oh, yeah. uh, my next image is by Traveler18. Um, it's got a pretty generic title to it, but the image just has, it screams Kodachrome. And it is. It's it's one of her last uh, Kodachrome images. It's on a boat? Yeah. yeah, it's on a boat. Yeah. And I th- besides the, the unique composition with these ropes in the picture, there's a young yeah. lady holding a sextant. And if you don't know what a sextant is, you don't know why this picture is awesome. A sextant is what they used, it's what they used to use to navigate, you know, oh, yeah. via, via the stars. Is it uh, astral? Uh, it's Astral, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just so cool because it, it's shot on Kodachrome, which is classic, and it's using a sextant, which is classic, and there's that, these great late afternoon, early evening tones. and the, the tones of the skin and that sky is just, it blows me away. Yeah, it's great. The colors are, are soft, and yet it's got that, that it's the magic hour, you right, know? It yeah. really is. And the on Kodachrome, hour. just another golden hour image coming right back up. Is, that's sharp. Oh, look at that. This sharp. is End of a Long Day by T Terror, and this was shot on a Trip 35. Oh, look at that. This this is the image that got me shooting yeah. my trip. Like Really? Yeah, yeah. It's just it's such a good image. The focus is spot on. It's it's got a great depth of field. The color palette is gorgeous. I think it's uh It um, looks like a painting. Like it does. Some Norman Rockwell or something. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not usually into old classic cars and things like that, but I didn't even care. Just the colors are great. Just check out T Terror's Trip 35 image. Images. What, truly what, a master what film is that does he say no he doesn't say oh that's doesn't say i know i know I, but it looks like chrome to me so i'm oh, gonna okay. assume it is i would have guessed it might have been negative i guess mm. i was wrong or it could be right yeah it could guess. be right yeah, it's, it's all up to Ooh, it's all this up is here. a great picture yeah uh the next is a hasselblad image i'm a i'm a square format uh, oh yeah junkie so this is just a great standard studio portrait of this intense looking young woman yep um, wearing a really cool hat. Lighting is is great. Looks like a, a beauty dish with a clamshell fill. Got a little kicker light on the background very classic there. Classic nineteen late nineteen seventies look. Yes, yeah. very much so. But it's Some it's super st- sharp. It's got that Hasselblad look to it. You know, when Some I was. Some of that stuff was over my head. So maybe we should discuss lighting in a future episode. Yeah, um, yeah. she's she's yeah, obviously got a beauty dish on her. It's okay. it's all looking at the catch lights. It's, all you right. have to do is really dissect the shadows and the catch lights in a person's eyes, and you can mm-hmm. really tell what something was shot with. Yeah. Of all the images i i looked at all the square format ones that i faved and pretty much like 99.9 percent of them were hasselblad <laughs> yeah and y- you can just tell there's a certain contrasty and sometimes softness on the corners look mm-hmm. of a hasselblad it's just the way that some of the lenses were made and i just think it's magic you shoot with a hasselblad and you get these dreamy dreamy images they're great the next one is um dan grenier and this one's called yankee ingenuity this is the one square format image that wasn't from a hasselblad oh uh, this was taken, I think, with uh, Yashica. Yashica um, twin lens reflex? Or? Yeah, I think it's TLR, yeah. Oh, those are great. And this image, I like it for all the opposite reasons I like the image before it. Right. It's, it's a little bit soft. 
Mm-hmm. It's a little more informal of a portrait. It's got a lot of it's, it's very high key image. There's a lot of background flare coming out. The it's light it, pouring through those windows. Yeah, there's not a there's not a wide tonal range because mm-hmm. of the flare, but it just represents like I don't know. There's there's a lot of good use of the negative space, how it, how it balances out the image and everything. And I just love square format. You can break a lot of rules with square format. That would like if this was 35, it would be a very boring image. But when, yeah. you, when you expand it into that square, it just makes it a little more interesting. That's what I love about square format. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one is from our, Ooh, uh, our, our good friend, uh, Zeb Andrews. Mike calls yeah. him Jeb, you know. <laughs> He's uh, Mr. Blue Moon, right? That's right. Yeah, Mr. Blue Moon. Blue Moon. This next image, believe it or not, every single uh, component of this image, it's a gorgeous uh, mossy green landscape with a waterfall coming down on it. It's assembled, so the negatives are placed in – or it's shot It's yeah. shot in one of those non-standard panoramic kind of views. These are all shot with a Holga. Yes. Yeah. It's so sharp. He just blogged about, about the difference between a Holga and a, a much, much better camera. Yeah, and this this image, like – I wouldn't like it if it wasn't for the way it was put together. Um, I, I have an appreciation for anybody that can put an image together like this. And the exposure is incredibly consistent, granted that it's a Holga the whole time. Matt's. Yeah. Max, I said Max. Cause <laughs> we're, we're getting hungry. We're getting hungry, yeah. I'm blowing through this. probably introducing a lot of noise in there, but whatever. But okay. there's... Sorry, Zeb. Yeah, no. Zeb, your, your image is gorgeous. It has thousands of views, and there's no reason... Why not? Because yeah. it's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, my my eighth and final image is by a good friend of mine, uh, Donker Dave or Dave. Yes. Oh. Um, this is East Hothley Cricket Club. This is a four by five large format image. It's got nice. that kind of urban landscape, but he said it's a rural kind mm-hmm. of decay image. Okay. Um, I really like rural decay, urban decay. The, the thought of it, it just kind of shows how everything in life is kind of fleeting. But enough about the artsy stuff. I, I love seeing the, that word total right up in front. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, very, it's very bold, and then everything else is kind of not quite there anymore. It's and a, the Total co- is a powerful word, and it seems <laughs> to be like the only part of this image that still survives. Yeah, know? and the, the colors on it are – I would have thought this was slide film. Mm. Yeah, it's it, not? It's not. This is Ektar 100. Oh, well, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> just – Crazy cool colors, amazing things you can get with this new Ektar. I can't wait to see some more results from my 8x10. I've only shot a couple images so far. I want to keep going with the rest of that pack. Thanks again, Mike. You'll, no, you're <laughs> you'll probably be surprised by the 35mm, too. Oh, thank you, Scott DiSabato. Oh, thank you. Yeah, oh, thanks, yeah. Scott. Yeah, oh, yeah, I love the 35 and 120. I've shot both of those. Yeah. And just just wow, some of the images. Yeah. Uh, Dave does a little bit of 4x5, but he's, he's, he's got kids. He's, right. he's got a family. He's got to deal with you know the trials and tribulations of everyday life. Yes. So he gets out when he can with the 4x5, and every time he does, jaw-dropping stuff. Awesome, yeah. awesome work. So all these yes. photographers on here are just great at what they do. If you look at any of the ones I've talked about, their Flickr streams, just click their name, go through their photo stream. There is gold. Prepare to be amazed. Yes. We the, have a great, great group of listeners. So diverse and yes. so just so knowledgeable. Okay, um, so if you want to follow along to my gallery, um, it is go, go to flickr.com slash photos slash Y-E-K-N-O-M-0-2. That's the word monkey spelled backwards, zero two. Uh, and go to my galleries at the top of the page, and this will be FPP Gallery Dan's Picks for June 2011. Uh, And I've selected eight photos, and let's just jump right in. 
Uh, the first one is entitled Manila by Night uh, by Jay Panelomo, uh, Jay Panelo, uh, down in, uh, well, in Thailand, I believe. Yeah, Manila's in Thailand? Yeah. yeah. Well, this uh, was shot on Ektar 100, believe it or not. Yeah, I've seen gorgeous, a lot of night photography with yeah, that. Yeah, gorgeous, gorgeous night shot. It, it was shot on an LCA+. Plus. Lomo LCA plus. Oh wow! Just a gorgeous, gorgeous image. He, he's the streets are positively glowing with energy. And that what I love about this, as opposed to other skyline shots, is that there's a clear focus on one building alone, but you still get a sense of the rest of the city. The LCA is top notch. Okay, moving on, we have. Green Lapwig, the title of the image is 00187677006. It's tagged Kodak 400 VC. Very nice. Rollicord VB, is it? Yes. Yeah. And Schneider Zenar 75mm F3.5. At least he tagged it. Yay! Yeah. Obviously, it's, uh, unless I'm wrong, it's a twin lens reflex camera. And it looks like this was taken in an airport or some other sort of uh, travel center. It looks like a train station. It says all gates. So, yeah, yeah, all gates. Uh, well, there are gates in airports, too. Yeah, right? oh, yeah. So what I like is that you see all these travelers uh, on the on the ground, but the majority of the photo is uh, comprises the roof with the very geometric. The image itself is symmetric. Right down the middle, you can see a line. Yet, at the same time, there's a little bit of uh, imbalance in between the left and the right. The left mm-hmm. looks a little bit bigger, and the, the color is very, very muted. All around very aesthetically pleasing. Moving on, we're moving on to what I would like to try, which is a cyanotype. Oh, you haven't tried one yet? No, I haven't Oh, tried they're, one cool. Yet. they're cool. They're yeah. cool. What I like about this one is the chemicals were obviously brushed on. The painterly effect? Yes. It's very cool. What, what yeah. is a, just so folks out there are listening, what is a cyanotype? A uh, you want to explain that? Sure. The cyanotype is an alternative printing process in which you coat the emulsion onto any kind of paper you want. It can be watercolor paper to get that grainy kind of look. It can be a very flat bar to paper, something like that. You coat the emulsion onto the paper, and then you contact print your negative. So you slap the negative on the paper, put it into good contact with, with one another using two pieces of glass or old contact print frames or like wood frames that put pressure upon it from the glass. And then you set it out in the sun from anywhere from like five to ten minutes, depending on the density of your negative. And then you go in, you wash it with water, and then you process it with um, – it's just a, a very thin hypo solution, usually with uh, sodium theosulfate. Yeah. And you wash that, and then you have another wash after that to, to fix it and get rid of that, and you let it hang up to dry. And the cool thing about these processes is they're called printout processes. So you can see – you can kind of peek at the contact print as it's, as it's going yeah. along to make sure your image has really kind of printed onto there. It's the same technology as uh, blueprints, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, very, very, so. very close. Uh, very cool. So anyways, this was shot uh, by our friend up north, John Meadows. And uh, it's a cyanotype portrait version of a portrait of my daughter I posted a while ago, taken with Cambo SC 4x5 new camera, old bush barrel lens using paper negative. Oh, nice. He, yeah. he got that from a paper neg? Wow. Yes, exactly. So the, the way you have to do it with a paper neg is you actually take beeswax and you no you, you uh, scrape off some of the layer of the paper so obviously so light can transmit quicker oh, through it. So you gotcha. create you create kind of a, a thin base that the light can permeate. Do you have to do that paper. with all paper negatives? With all paper negatives, yeah. That's oh. what that's what uh, See, all, I, that, all the greats did, the Westons and that, that'll be uh, Ansel useful. Adams. That will be useful for when I try and do pinhole work. Yeah, otherwise you get a lot of fogging overall, yeah. and you don't have a lot of contrast. Okay. Mm. Moving on. This is by our very good friend, 
Shock Mati. Oh yeah, it looks I like a Shock Mati shot. That I love. Well, first off, I love his name because it reminds me of the Peter Gabriel song "Shock the Monkey." Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Shock. Shock the monkey. Shock. So this is uh, a typical uh, Shock Mati shot, ultra sharp portrait on the street uh, in in Southeast Asia. But I, I love it because. It looks like he's caught the main subject off guard because he's doing something. He's looking over his shoulder, and there's somebody behind him, all blurred out. So it's more of a street shot than your typical. Um, it's very candid. Pose. It's very yeah, candid. It's more of a candid than you typically see from him. Mm-hmm. But of course, all of his uh, portraits are just fantastic. Yeah, um, I would hardly course, say that his stuff is posed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, but I mean, it's obvious that uh, it's it's more of a the the subject knows that. It's it's deliberate, yeah. It's deliberate. Uh, that's a better word. Thank you. And, of course, uh, it was taken on a Kawa 6, 6x6 in 120 film. Nice. Moving on to the next one. I love this shot. Um, Llamas. Yeah, this is by Clay Girl, um, okay. or Bunny Safari, apparently. And it's called La La Llamas. Um, and it's a uh, Holga shot with two llamas right in the middle of the frame. Kind of grinning, you know, the way llamas do. Yeah. And then... Off to the right, there's this man with just a scowl. He just has background. that angry face, like, mm, those yeah. happy llamas. Those, those llamas at it again. I'll, I'll read the caption. As part of a farm trip to hug and squeeze wee lambs, these two sister llamas stole the show. They seemed to quite enjoy muzzling me with their noses. I never thought I would be nose-to-nose with a llama. It was rather intimidating. I didn't know where to look. If I gazed back at their eyes, would they take that as a challenge? The last thing I wanted to wanted was to be spat on. Happily, no spit was exchanged on this day in the barnyard. It's just a, a, one of those uh, serendipitous uh, kind of street shots almost. Mm-hmm. Where you, the, the two smiles and a frown uh, from where you wouldn't normally expect. Moving on, this is a classic street shot by tree planter Jim Bielecki, I believe it is. This was taken on a Leica MP with a 35mm Summicron, a spherical, and Fki 25 film. Ooh, that's sharp very, stuff. Very low speed, sharp, sharp stuff. And on the left, you have an older woman in sunglasses um, and shorts looking off to her right. And on the, the right, you see a younger girl in a tank top, kind of punk looking, uh, studded belt and everything. But she's also looking off to the right. Then I go back to the woman on the left and I wonder, you know, is she staring at this girl who's somehow offending her? I'm thinking right. so. Like those darn kids yeah. in their music. Yeah, the kids <laughs> in their music and their imagine. Uh, but they're both looking off in the same direction. So is there something even more interesting happening outside the frame? We'll never know. But light, the title says it all. Yin and Yang. Next, oh, I love this next shot. Next shot. Scrolling down. It's by Damien Polegato. Uh, Woods, Damien, and then some characters I can't read. Uh, entitled Chow, 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 Chow. Taken in Shanghai with Olympus 35 SP. Uh, roll number three. Photo 30. Agfa Vista 200. And it's a portrait of two Chow Chows in Shanghai. They're tied up outside an apartment or a house. And there's just so much stuff in this picture hanging clothes fans uh, bars on the windows these it looks like carpet uh, on wooden chairs um, a little uh, 
pebbled gravel in a garden or something. Dogs become almost an after, just part of the mess. But yeah, it's, definitely. Uh, and there's a scooter in the back. It's part of the mess. The the colors are muted, but it's very charming and sweet at the same time. Yeah, what I liked about it, I faved it when it came. I, I'm pretty sure I faved it. Yeah. But I remember when it was first posted, and I just loved the neutral colors that come from that. Yeah. Kind of looks like a Porsche all, 400 NC, something like they're that. They're all pastel. Yeah, you know? and, and I really like how the everything plays into the, the really silly-looking chow-chow dogs. <laughs> yeah, nothing in your face about the colors. And the last image is by oops, uh, Jeff Soderquist, uh, who's a uh, FPP listener up in Seattle, Washington. Um, and there's actually a story behind this photo, which is why I like it. It's entitled A Moment in Time, and he has a pretty long uh, description of it. Basically, he was trying to take a portrait of the guys who are underneath the overhang here, uh, who were an R&B group, called themselves A Moment in Time. And he didn't really get the shot he was looking for because he was too far away. And that's a, a key aspect of street photography is getting close. So, But what ended up happening is he got a beautiful shot of the first Starbucks restaurant in Seattle. You've got this guy coming out of Starbucks. He's got a bag in his hand. You've got this woman on the right here walking into Starbucks with a bag in her hand. So the, the photo sort of becomes about the two of them. What was intended to be one picture came out as something completely different and very, very high quality. So I, I I think it was a fantastic result, even if it wasn't the intended consequence. Very cool. I didn't know that was the first Starbucks was in uh, Washington. That's kind of cool. Oh, yeah. Seattle. Well, that's it for me. Thanks. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. It's an excellent segment. Let's get feedback from our listeners. Film Photography Podcast at gmail.com. Yo. Uh, let me know if you guys like this segment. Is this something that we want to see more of? I always encourage folks to uh, put their uh, pictures or images in our FPP pool on Flickr. And uh, if, if this is a favorite, then we'll, we'll keep doing it. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to uh, unbox Graflex Crown Graphic 4x5 film camera. Open a whole new world for me.
We're back. Matt, I guess you're going to... Oh, yeah, I'm going to put that away. Right. Yeah, it's a little bulky. Why don't I make a little room here? Clear out. Matt is opening a cardboard box. They, I think they gave you every packing element. There's a little bit of bubble wrap here, Dan. <laughs> okay. Some fun. Bubble wrap. The, the really, the giant... Now, I bought this from Roger in Grand Rapids, and um, I was eyeballing a few different eBay auctions because I desperately wanted to upgrade into, get into 4x5. I've been bugging Mike since yeah. I first came. Oh, yeah. you got to try for large format. Yeah, I'm, I'm very uh, excited about this. And this is a camera that, um, you know, you could uh, use in the studio, but of course you could bring this outside. Like Ouija. That's right, yeah. <laughs> like Ouija. Yeah. You need a cigar, though. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or Luis Mendez. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I could, uh, you know, start, you know, walk around Butler, New Jersey, like, take your picture, man. I, I could see you Take being, a picture. You could be the Jersey Mendez. You yes. really yeah. could be. Oh, Peanuts. awesome, yeah. Peanuts! Ah, 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 peanuts! What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons. Crazy about you, baby, won't you call my name? Peanuts! Peanuts! We have a pretty nice oh. construction wooden box here. That is a nice... More bubble wrap coming. So it uh, looks like uh, looks like Graflex. 
Got a got a nice monster flash here. Oh, got Mike. More stuff. Let's see. What we got here. Um, voltmeter. It does look like a voltmeter. I don't know what that's going to be used for. There's your sync cord for your flash. Oh, connection. Tester. Okay. It might be a connection. I think tester. there's a note about uh, sync cord. Nice. There's a nice Teeny. little cable release. Little cable release. Oh, look at that guy. And here it is. Here's the main event, the Graflex. Smaller than I thought. The ground glass I'm popping out right now. It kind of oh, folds okay. out. So okay. you don't need a, a dark cloth, really. Right. You've got a basically a huge viewing hood. Bellows. No, take your time. There's no, you know, no like... violence. <laughs> we finally found the magic button. It's mounted on the lever- leather. It's kind of... Uh, it's hidden. It's very yeah. hidden. We were the lever we covers at the little button. We almost yeah. broke this thing, Mike. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm so sorry. But uh, now we we move the front plate down, and we, we actually have a yeah a working camera here. I think you just pull it out. You grab the lens and pull it forward. Yeah, no violence. No yeah. violence. Now, Dan, what four by five camera do you have? I have a Toyo four by five monorail. Okay, is it similar in any way to this well, kind of it's, graphic? It's similar in that it's a four by five, but maybe that's about it. You. Can you can see this has two tracks along the bottom, whereas the monorail has sort of like a, a worm gear, you know, just yeah. like a, a rail with teeth on it. Two frames, one holds the front lens, one holds the back ground glass. Right. You sort of assemble the camera rather than open it up. Uh, I have a two-part monorail, so the rail itself screws together. Then you've got to put these frames on, the bellows in between them. You really put it together. Bellows. That's very nice, thank you. I can't smile, everybody, please, smile. Waste of time, if you haven't taken a light, really. That's all right. This Olympus is completely automatic. It works out the light, and you just click the shutter. Oh, it's okay for snaps, but just you try and margin them. You see, the trouble with these small cameras is the lens. No problem. There's a Seiko lens. They use it on the Olympus OM-1, one of the best cameras in the world. Well, I suppose they're all right for you boys, but you wouldn't get a professional using one. Do you know who that is? Who? David Bailey. David Bailey? Who's he? The Olympus trip. So simple, anyone can use it. We took a quick break because we were we unearthed the uh, Graflex crown graphic camera. Yeah. And we were fumbling, bumbling, fumbling, bumbling with it. Now we do, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you... We're very calm. You have to be with these kind of things, Mike, because you can't think about things like this Polaroid film costs nearly twelve dollars a sheet. Well, you don't you, you don't want to think about that kind of stuff. You and, just got to stay positive. And we knew that because someone owned the pre-owned this that it's in good shape. Yeah, it's not a lemon. You no. didn't get a beater cam. No. Is this our sheet we're going to use? It is. Don't touch it where it says no thumbs. Yeah. I mean, there's uh, no thumb pictures. Uh, okay. Yeah. But right now, uh, uh, Dan is actually at the camera, getting ready to shoot a, a portrait shot of myself and Matt. Okay. So the holder is in the L position for load. Okay, stick it in. Uh, black side or black side toward the toward us. White side toward you. Flip it. Oh, white side toward. Okay, I see now. Oh wait, no, 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 no. It'll say this. Don't this side. This side towards lens. There you go. Don't. Yeah. Polaroid made things absolutely foolproof. They did. Like when people worry about pack film, don't overthink. Don't overthink. Yeah, don't touch it with the fingers where it says no. So push it all the way in as far as you can go. You'll feel some tension. Good. Yeah, now you... Now, no, 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 because then you just be shooting on the white paper. So now you pull... Gently pull it back out until you feel it stop. It'll keep going. You're basically moving four inches out of the way. So keep pulling. Keep going. You'll you'll feel it. It's deliberate tension. A little bit more. So these Polaroid people were genius. Oh, absolutely. Genius. Brilliant, brilliant. Okay, see... Yeah, it's four inches. Yeah, so it stopped. So now you're ready to take the picture. No, both both tabs are still there. 
the white and the black. Yeah, you don't remove any of the tabs. That's why I was thinking. It's, it's all inside that it's working. Oh, okay. It's all within the envelope. That's why it's so great. It's an envelope within an envelope, so it keeps it completely dark, light tight the whole time. It's not like that 8x10 right. where I had to kind of like finagle around and insert so the envelope. It looks like nothing happened, but it is. Yeah, yeah, there's a negative sitting there inside the holder, yes. So go ahead and take the picture, I guess. We're good. We're, we're good. Dan is uh, going to snap a picture. Uh, we'll, we'll, I guess we'll look at the camera, yeah, right? Yeah, we're just going to look at the lens. Yeah, not oh. Dan. Look at the lens. Uh, now we got to cock this, right? It's already cocked. Oh, it is? It, yeah. You did? I did. This is an old-timey uh, type portrait. He took the thing out. Yeah, just so. press the button. Yep. Wow. That's it. Now push the push the envelope back <laughs> all the way in. Yep. Now switch the L to R, or L to P, P, to P. P for yeah. process, yeah. and just yank it out. Yeah. Not like that. <laughs> <laughs> Bad? Oh, he pulled the back off. I don't know. We'll yeah, see what happens. I, it should be good. Okay. The, the envelope pulled the back out. Oh, okay. But it was a heck of a lot of fun, right, Dan? Yeah, I caught it. Yeah. Now, Type 55 film is, as I was saying off-air, legendary. So this, this is a, a crown graphic camera with a Polaroid back. What's the back called? The, this is a uh, Polaroid 545i back. Okay. And it holds the single-sheet Polaroid film. I have one of the last boxes of Polaroid uh, 55 film, which expired in 2009, but it's black and white film. It's really slow yeah, speed. Yeah, it'll be great. It, it mm. looks awesome. Now, this is the same film that uh, Ansel Adams used to use, right? The positive negative stuff? Oh, yeah. They probably had all sorts of guys out testing this kind of stuff. Yeah. But. And who's the name of the gentleman? You're saying there's a Project 55 gentleman who's going to make this film again. I, I just know the blog. It's called the Project 55. Um, blog, and what he's yeah. trying to do is, or New 55 Project, um, he's having people that have any of these extra little metal tabs that hold this envelope within an envelope genius system. He's taking these tabs and he's re- trying to reformulate his own black and white instant single sheet film emulsion which is kind of like the impossible 4x5 project. Right, 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 yeah. okay. Because and, uh, he just loves this film. I guess if, if people want to shoot Polaroid large format but still want to use the modern Fuji stuff... There is a Polaroid... Uh, uh, pack film back yep. in two different sizes, so F. you can either go 4x5... It's envelope within envelope. F. Mike was right, F'd. F'd. Oh, F'd. Stoops. Stoops. Oh. It's all black. Uh, what happened? Uh, I don't know what happened. It's probably my fault. You can it's, blame it's me. It's black, though, so yeah. it means, I mean, there's... No, I mean, it's no, not no a problem. Exposure. No, no what, light hit it. That's yeah. very good. Yeah. That's, the, that's what I love about FPP. It's like a blameless podcast. There's no yeah. blame. Well, it's well, effed. You're, you're not out 12 bucks, and Matt is. Yeah. Right. Now, if you see this, this, it's a very unique image it produces. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, it's awesome. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's got these little tabbed corners, and you can always tell. And sometimes people always uh, will scan it, and you get this this little dotting kind of uh, look mm. right there, that distinct yeah yeah dot pattern. And that's from this metal tab, which holds the envelope yeah. within an envelope. Now, on. this is different back than the current Fujifilm 4x5? Completely different. Just yeah. a different back. Yeah. yeah, different back. And what's plus, minus... I mean, since Fujifilm is making the color film, why not just get that back? Single sheets are more expensive to produce because there's more paper involved, the envelope within an envelope. They have to waste money on actual right. metal to go in the process right. for the little tab holder. Yeah. I think they just, um, there wasn't a lot of type, like there was type 57 and type 59, type 58. Those were color, but there was a lot more of the black and white being shot. And Fuji's very, very color based. They, they yes, don't yeah. offer a lot of black and white anything. I mean, they discontinued yeah. the 100B. 100 100 yeah. And one, one of the downsides to this uh, pack film back though is that it is very thick and depending on the four by five you're shooting it in you know it might you might have to struggle to get it in there a little bit uh, unfortunately though this uh this graphic is uh it was very receptive to it one of the blue plate specialists tonight <laughs>
Hi, Angela. Hey, you got Mike. Hey, hi. Are you at the Max yet? Yes, I am. I was. I got my pocket button, and I can find it into the uh, hallway. Oh, to my phone. That's fantastic. I'm doing the film photography podcast. I'm bringing the gang up. Oh, okay. Okay, great. And what you? Get, how about? We, uh, table. We have one, two, three, four, five folks. Okay, no problem. And I actually have a uh, Polaroid picture showing me on the cell phone with you. <laughs> okay, dokie. I'll see you in a bit. Maybe you could put a table together for us, like with a reserve sign. <laughs> I don't have my reserve signs on me. Okay, very good. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Right, bye-bye. That was Angela. Angela's a friend of mine, and she uh, works at Max Diner. And Angela and Jackie and her, they uh, go to uh, uh, shows, uh, car boot sales, flea markets, uh, estate sales. And I thought you were going to get in the shop, Matt. <laughs> and they, they donate cameras to the podcast. And we're kind of winding down here. Right now, we're just kind of playing around with the uh, Crown Graphic camera. I think we're a little nutty because uh, we haven't eaten in a while. There we go. So you're going to send that to the 55 guy? Yeah, I'll send oh, it okay. to the 55 guy. Okay. Hey. I'll send him an email. Hey, Mr. Yeah. 55 guy. Hey, we said. Will you sound like the track man? Uh, 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 kind of scurrying because we're starved here. Oh my God. It, should, it should be Sammy Hagar. Yeah. I can't shoot 55. I can't shoot 55. Well, you order the special at Max, you'll get the super salad, the meal, yeah, uh, uh, coffee or tea, and dessert. Uh, wow, yeah. If you get one of the specials, yeah. Max is just it's heaven. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up. Uh, yeah. uh, Matt, any final words here? I don't even remember what we're doing. Stoops. <laughs> that's my final word. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, first time out with the Crown Graphic, we got it working. Working oh yeah, with, it works with expired Polaroid single sheet film. Yes, yeah, so I have no film backs. I have no film. Uh, holders holders yeah. for it you, you need some holders Mike so shoot that beautiful stuff sitting right in front of you so potentially I have some ectochrome film potentially we're, we're doing a meetup oh soon soon, yeah. soon we're going to do a meetup hopefully be there all Ouija'd out <laughs> so I, I, I want to thank everyone for listening we're there was a lot of downtime where we, we were not recording. We were fiddle-faddling with the yeah. crowd. Yeah, very haphazard. Yeah, we yeah. probably sound nuts right about now. Because the thing is, man, is like when you're driving on the road, I mean, like, you get a person who's that rude, I mean, they're going to kill you. So, like, if you give them a quick sh- short, sharp shock, they don't do it again. Dig it? Yeah, well, we are nuts. It's all a headache of getting that thing opened up. I mean, he got off light because I could have given him a flash. I only hit him once. <laughs> F- film photography podcast at gmail.com no, no, no. <laughs> it's okay it's different I'm loopy man yeah it's different than John and it's very different than Lauren uh, interpretation of yes Yo. everybody has their own interpretation that's yeah. what it's about yeah absolutely yeah. so we'll see everyone next time only two weeks and uh, look for uh, our stuff uh, on flickr.com in our group uh, pool uh, you know some of the stuff we shot a lot of Polaroid today oh, yeah. a lot a lot of Polaroid so see you guys soon. Bye. Later. So that was the last time I was violent about three days ago. And you think you were justified? You put one definitely. Yeah. 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 Definitely. The Nikon FE. Now shoot and price this low.
Pass now. Pass now. Pass now.